Hello, everyone. My name is Rick Napier, the president of 321 Biz Development, located in California. And today is February 5th, 2022. And today's podcast episode, we'll talk about BQ, that's Boy Quack, and EQ, Edward Quack, which stands for Business Quotient and Emotional Quotient. And I'm doing this podcast episode just to fill in the gaps because we at 321BizDev, we know there are some situations and challenges, especially for white collar small business owners who are running their attorney law firms, their CPA practices, their dental practices, their plastic surgery centers, their insurance broker uh, businesses and real estate broker businesses. And also it could be any small business owner that we call a no collar small business owner. And that's someone who could have a plumbing company, AC and heating, a flooring company where the transaction price starts at $1,000. So today's podcast episode, the first thing we're going to talk about is BQ, as in business quotient. Now, everyone has heard of the IQ, which is intelligence quotient. And that's some tests that is given by whomever, and they measure your intelligence quotient. Well, there's also a BQ, a business quotient. And the business quotient has a lot to do with how you look at business. Uh, what is what is your past experience with business? Um, how you work your business? And just overall, you know, business, uh, the subject of business. And, you know, for white collar small business owners, and this is what I've seen hundreds of times, so I'm not making this up. It's anecdotal evidence. And if I look back and I just put tick marks uh, for statistics purposes, the same outcome would, would result. So for small business owners or and white-collar small business owners, it is highly likely that the white-collar small business owner did not own a business before he or she started the law firm, the CPA practice, the dental clinic, the plastic surgery center, the insurance broker. It is rare for the white-collar small business owner to have significant business experience before starting the white collar business. It's not a put down or anything like that. It's just the white collar small business owner really didn't have time to run a business prior to going to college for four years and spending the next four to six to eight years getting that certification or passing that law degree um, you know, getting that that dental certificate, that medical certificate. So it's, it's, it's just a natural occurrence in a sense. So the white collar small business owner finishes four years of college, uh, start studies for the certificate or the law degree. And, you know, four to six years later, they're out and they open their own practice. And uh, and the white collar small business owner says, OK, I've done Everything I need, I need to do. I've signed the lease. I've, um, you know, got the furniture 
ready to go into the office, or maybe now it could be working from home, and the door is open, the the sign is on the uh, on the on the boulevard with the law practice dental plastic. I mean, with the law practice with the dental clinic with the plastic surgery center, the CPA firm. So the shield, the shield is outside, on the on the wall in front of the building or or hanging on those lists of businesses that you see when you drive by. And the door is open, phone systems are turned on, and the white collar small business owner says, I'm ready for the customers. And guess what? Not many show up. So from a business perspective, one thing we need to talk about is supply and demand. So what is the definition of supply in economics? And I'm an economics graduate, so I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible. There are many variables um, involved with supply and demand, but I'm going to use the, the first semester of economics example of supply and demand. Okay, supply, and many people maybe have not heard this before, but the supply side is the business owner side. The demand side is the consumer side. Let me just give you a quick example. And I'll, and I'll give the example in a question. As a business owner, do you prefer to sell your items at $1,200 or $1,500 if it were possible? The answer should be $1,500. The supply side says a business owner is more incentivized to be in business the higher he or she can sell their products and services. So that's a supply side. Let's go to the demand side. And like I mentioned, the demand side is the consumer side. And here's the question that consumers would definitely answer in this way. If you have if you had the choice of buying the item at $1500 or $1200, you know, how, which one would you choose? The consumers with all things being equal, being that there is there's no difference in quality and uh, service level and and the final product that they're buying, they would buy the $1200 version or the $1200 uh, item. So you have these competing forces between what business owners want, the supply side, and what consumers want, which is the demand side. And everyone has heard of the blue light special. I think the old store Kmart used to have people used to you know push their carts in the in the Kmart, and all of a sudden the blue light special would show up, and people would find 20, 30 percent off. Uh, products and services in the Kmart. Now, maybe they were not really 20% off or 30% off. Maybe they were reduced from a higher price to make it appear to be a 20 to 30% uh, discount, but that's like Econ 300 or something. So the small business owners, they should want the higher price uh, as an incentive to stay in business. But what happens on the white collar small business owner side is white collar small business owners, and I'm just going to say business owner from now on, 
uh, business owners do some very interesting things. And a lot of it has to do with, um, especially in this current environment, a lot of it has to do with how they vote. Now, I typically do not talk about anything regarding politics. And I strongly believe that I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about economics. And one thing about economics, it does have uh, a financial, it has a psychological, it has an emotional. And up until, I would say, for the last maybe 10 to 15 years, now economics has a political component. But it used to not have a political component. So let me just cut to the chase. There are many small business owners that vote against their own interests. Meaning there are business owners who vote for legislation or people that hurt their businesses. When policies and legislation hurt your businesses, it kills your supply side. Where if you wanted $1,500 or $1,200 because how some small business owners vote, your price may ultimately be at $800 because of the legislation that some small business owners vote for. And on the consumer side, consumers will always want the product or service at a cheaper price. That's why we have Amazon now. Amazon can literally give their products away to consumers for nothing. But I think they would be in some type of antitrust court if they did that. Uh, but this podcast episode is not about Amazon. And I could do one about Amazon if you wanted me to. So, but this, but this episode is about business quotient or BQ. So, if you are a business owner, I would think you would want to vote for people or legislation that helps your business stay open and not be shut down and not have your price be uh, government mandated or government driven where your price goes down from uh, $1,500 or $1,200 down to $800. And your price can go down to $800 because certain you know legislation and, and, and people you vote for, uh, they may cause consumers to have a problem paying for your service. So there you have it. If policies and legislation hurt consumers, they are more likely not to buy your product at $1,200 or $1,500. And they may can only buy your product at $800. And worse yet, when uh, legislation and, and, and policies are uh, voted on, you end, the small business owner ends up reducing the number of people that can buy your product or service. And I got some interesting stories. I'll just tell you one. There was a, a friend of mine or a client of mine who was a dentist here in California. And um, I set up an appointment for him to meet with the company so he can talk about his dental practice. The company was an engineering company in Folsom, California. And the dentist agreed to meet with 
the engineering company. But because the dentist was afraid to talk to people in public, he didn't show up. Long story short, the dentist always had this problem with uh, not understanding the economics of his practice. Now, he was a great dentist, went to Temple University uh, Dental School, then went to Seattle, uh, like Seattle University or, or Pacific University up in Seattle. Very credentialed, very smart, very good at what he does, except he didn't understand the business side of his of his practice. And the business side is he had an opportunity to perhaps have 20 engineers and their and their and their fam and their spouses and children come over to his practice, but he didn't uh, feel comfortable with talking in front of people. So I was I was there at 8:30 waiting for him to show up. He never showed up. And 10 o'clock, I called him and I said, "Hey, what happened, Carl?" And Carl said, "Man, I just couldn't I just couldn't find a." in me to get up and talk about my dental practice. And like I said, this guy was excellent. He was my dentist. So here's, here's the outcome of Carl. Carl did not understand the business of, of uh, his, his practice and business in general. Carl ended up becoming a government dentist, a Medicaid, uh, Medi-Cal here in California dentist, where he uh, closed down his practice and took a paycheck as a dentist employee with the government. So that's how that turned out. I have many stories I can tell you about this business side. And I'll wrap up the business side with this summary before we get to the emotional side. The business side, you know, you need to know what a business is. The business is moving a product or service from yourself to a consumer. Then there's a capitalism side, and that was kind of like the economic example that I provided about supply and demand. Then there is the transition from being a nine to five employee and opening up a business. And many white collar small business owners, some may not have been a nine to five employee. Now, some maybe have. If you are a CPA, you work for the, one of the big four, or the big three CPA firms, and uh, you spent, you know, maybe four years working at the at the uh, big four CPA firms, and then you, uh, you know, used that time at the big four, and you studied and got your CPA certification. Uh, maybe you are an attorney and you worked at a uh, a, a company as uh, an associate attorney, and now you're on your own. So those are some examples for some white collar small business owners. But that transition from being a nine to five employee to being a business owner or being in sales, I should correctly say, is a big transition. Then the next transition is working as a business owner or sales and transitioning to a consultant. See, we talk about that a lot in the 321 Biz Development six hours uh, sales system training. Having a business or being in sales is much different than having a business and working as a consultant. You see, because consultants solve problems and consultants position themselves in the eyes of their potential clients as someone who, who is not 
and sales. Okay, so um, then there's this this posturing thing where you have to posture yourself as someone who wants the business, but you can't uh, act like you want the business so bad because consumers can tell if you want the business so bad, uh, then there's a lot of like like tricky things that pop up then. So uh, that's going to conclude the BQ section of this podcast episode. Now let's move on to the EQ or the emotional component part of this podcast episode. Now, if you don't want to hear the emotional component, the EQ part, then I recommend stop listening now. Just hit the stop button and just stop. Because the EQ part is really the big challenge with white collar small business owner. The EQ part is really the big challenge with white collar small business owners. The emotional component will keep a six foot five man wearing a thousand dollar suit and three hundred dollar shoes driving a hundred thousand dollar car and just looks like the, the best actor in the world. It looks like the, the, han- the most handsome the most handsome person in the world. If you don't have a strong EQ, it doesn't matter what you look like. You can be the best looking person and you won't do your business. You won't work it because that emotional uh, quotient, that emotional component is not developed. You can be the most attractive woman with the uh, $500 hairdo, wearing the cutest skirt, with the nicest shoes, with the most expensive French perfume on. And you're out there in public. If your emotional quotient is not high, you won't do anything in your business at all. And like I said, I have hundreds of examples. So what do I mean by emotional quotient or EQ? The EQ part of your business is the the part that says you will do the things that you need to do in your business because you have a strong emotional uh, uh, like reinforcement about yourself in your business. And yeah, it is it is kind of truly about yourself. I recommend that people go to uh, TonyRobbins.com and find this section called the D-I-S-C. That's David Igloo Sam Carr uh, link on Tony Robbins' website. And I'm not affiliated with Tony Robbins. In, in fact, I believe that motivational training should come after you have uh, become proficient in selling your product. Because once you know what to do, then you can add the emotional component as, a, as the next layer to keep you going. But you must know what to do first. So I'm not a big Tony Robbins fan in terms of uh, people starting with the, with the motivational training. He has an excellent psychology assessment that kind of explains what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. I highly recommend people visit that site and, and do that assessment because that assessment will, will kind of give you what your shortcomings may be. It'll also tell you what, what your strengths are. 
So it's not like a, a Debbie Downer assessment exam. But back to the emotional part, that emotional part, uh, 321 Biz Dev, we can help you decrease that learning curve or that emotional uh, curve uh, to get you to where you need to be. And let me explain that. Okay, so if you are a white collar small business owner and you know that you need to find more clients for your business, what is stopping you is not so much your knowledge in law, dentistry, accounting, uh, plastic surgery, medicine, insurance, or real estate. What's stopping most business owners is that uh, desire to go out and reach out to people. And that's really the, the, the foundation of building your emotional uh, quotient, your EQ. The, the, the white collar small business owner that can get up in the morning and say, you know, my name is Laura and I need to, I need this week or this or today I need to connect with three or four people that I've never met. Uh, you know, I need to do that because I need to make $100,000 a year or $200,000 a year in my business. That The person who can do that has a strong EQ. The person who says, I'm not doing that, that person has a low EQ. And But it can be fixed. See, it can be fixed. I'll tell you my story. It's a quick story about my EQ. Now, I would say 30%, 40% of what I know about contacting and prospecting strangers comes from a home-based business that I started in the, the mid to late 1990s. And, uh, you know, so I started this business and I knew I had the prospect. I didn't want to, but I knew I had to. The person who approached me about a home-based business was this, no, this guy did not have a college degree, but he was a piano teacher in Walnut Creek, California, just east of San Francisco, about 30 miles east of San Francisco. And I remember Steve was at my house and he said, Rick, you need to invite people to this meeting. Now I was a, I was kind of like in my mid midway point in corporate America. You know, it, even in the nineties, I was making $75,000 a year in the, in the mid 1990s and ended up before I left corporate America, I was, I was well into the six figure income uh, salary, but my corporate um, experience did nothing that, that helped me get over the, the, the anxiety and frustration about talking to strangers. But I remember Steve, I remember exactly where I was on the street in front of my house and I did not invite anyone to my home-based uh, business meeting. And Steve said, out in the, it was probably like 10.30 at night, we were standing in the middle of the street on a quiet residential neighborhood. Steve said, Rick, you have everything you need to be successful in anything you want. Now, for people who may not know, I'm a black guy. Okay, I'm a black guy that grew up in the South, grew up in Florida. My father's side of the family is from Haiti. 
My mother's side of the family is Cuban. My mother and father were drug addicts in Tampa, Florida. My father was a drug dealer and not a low-level drug dealer. He was a high-level drug dealer, almost, if not more, than the, than, that, than the guy in the movie American Gangster, played by Denzel Washington. So I had a lot of problems growing up as a teen with drugs all in my face all the time and, uh, you know, my mother embarrassing me, you know, being on the street corner in, in, in Tampa, Florida. Um, joined the military as a last resort because I didn't want to stay in a drug culture on the streets of Tampa, Florida, where my dad was the kingpin. There's some other things I could tell you about that if we have a, if we have a chance to talk. But so growing up for me, I, I, I grew up fast, not so much from uh, being able to talk to people, but I saw things as a 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old that most people wouldn't see. So when Steve was standing out on the corner, I mean, not the corner, when Steve was standing in front of my house at 1030 at night and he said, Rick, you can do anything that you want because you have the skills to do it. You have the belief system to do it. You have the foundation to do it. You know, that was one of the first times that someone told me that I could do something uh, if I tried. From that day on, I just started prospecting people. Uh, would prospect strangers, would pr prospect, you know, white people. That's that's like a little, a little psychological thing for people who understand that. Uh, coming from a black guy that grew up in the South, you know, that emotional quotient, um, it must be dealt with if you want to succeed in your business. And 321BizDev, we have... Uh, shorten the learning curve on how white-collar small business owners can get through the EQ part. And probably the top way that we help small business owners get through that EQ part, that emotional quotient to build your emotional quotient, we ask you to start the six-hour sales system training. And that's when we start to deal with this emotional quotient and, and building your, your EQ. Then after the training, we know that you're not ready to go out and contact and prospect for new clients. We know it because it's a 1,000 to 1,600 hour learning curve for most people. In other words, you're doing it for 1,000 to 1,600 hours. That's about six to nine months. We know you don't have the time to do that. So what 321Biz Development does we will do the contacting and the prospecting and the appointment setting. Then we will bring those prospects to you. Now, we can't close them. Uh, I think we can probably get you 5% there. <laughs> you have to do the other 95%. We're, we're not attorneys. We're not CPAs. We're not dentists. We're not plastic surgeons. We're not insurance brokers. We're not real estate brokers. But we can do the tough part and, and show you what we're doing. In other words, when we contact people and prospect people, you're not sitting back at home sipping, you know, hot cider. We're, we are putting you in touch with these prospects as we're contacting them. And we have a, a system where we hand the baton off 
to you during this process. We're, we're, we're building a profile for this, uh, this, this appointment where you're going to see this person and talk to, you, to this person about whether your services or product uh, fits this potential client. Then when you meet with this client, we're going to have something called a prospect interview form. That's prospect interview form. And what that form does, it allows you to ask some very good questions. Uh, and we use the word pull. So you can pull that potential client to you. And that prospect interview form was developed by an engineer in San Francisco. I used to work at this um, long-term care uh, broker. And the guy didn't really know what he had, but... You know, because I have uh, I have like an, an economics background. I also studied engineering at Cal Berkeley. I was a, a engineering major at Cal Berkeley. I had a child in college and had to leave and, and, and study something that was a little less tasking. But I have an engineering uh, engineering background or at least engineering studies background, corporate background, economics degree, and you know, so those things that I have in, under my as tools in my belt. So this prospect interview form will set you up and pull that potential client to you. So by the time you get to the end of the interview, you will have an 80% likelihood this person is going to say yes to your product or service. Now, the reason why it's an 80% yes probability is because 321BizDev, we started the process at the contacting stage and the prospecting stage and the appointment setting stage. So by the time you meet with this person, even before you have said a word, you're at a 50% probability this person is going to do business with you. And the 50% comes from the fact that nobody meets about a product or service unless they are at least 50% interested. So this EQ component is very important. And, you know, I wish, you know, that a lot of people who have these certifications and degrees and, you know, passing the bar, I wish these universities would have spent some time uh, exposing this business development piece and sales system piece uh, to white-collar small business owners, but that's not their job. I want to thank you for listening to this. I call it a short podcast episode because I, I can talk about this subject matter, I would say, probably all day for eight hours. And I, I have done eight-hour sessions uh, with uh, groups of people that could not um, you know, come back for like a second day or third day. You know, I've done eight-hour sessions where I've talked for eight hours with, with breaks in between. So my name is Rick Napier, the president at 321Biz Development. Our West Coast number is 415-465-1700. Our East Coast number is 407-881-2200. And our website is 321bizdev.com. Thanks for listening and make it a great day. Bye-bye.